Hello, beautiful people, and thank you for turning in to another episode of Chip Chats. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with my amazing friend, Ben. Now, Ben was in last week's episode, and you got a little taste of who Ben is, but today I really wanted to dive deep and dig into a topic that is not often talked about. My good friend, Ben, who inspires me on the daily, I mean, this man is amazing. I love him. I love his wife. They are both just such amazing people, and I'm ever so grateful to have them in my life. But Ben battles with fibromyalgia. Now, fibromyalgia is probably something that through your lifetime you have heard about, Um, but unless you have been touched by someone who has fibromyalgia and had an interaction with them, you cannot truly understand what, what is happening. Pretty much I lived my whole life just thinking that fibromyalgia was just something to do with pain. I knew that people who had that had pain. That's about it. And there's a lot of social stigmas and things that surround fibromyalgia. And it's not the only thing that Ben has to live with. And he really did. He We got into a lot of detail. We talked a bit about mental illness. We talked a bit about medications. We talked a bit about fibromyalgia. We were just kind of speaking for a really long time. And since we spoke for so long, I did cut this episode into two chunks. So you'll get a chunk this week, and then you'll get the second half next week. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop the conversation. It needed to keep going. It was amazing. It truly made me appreciate Ben more than I already did and opened my eyes to just so much. And I really just, I do, I do want to take time to address things like this, things that people have feelings about, but don't know why they have feelings about them or don't really understand them It's something that needs to be talked about, something that needs to be recognized because your assumptions may lead to another person's mental breakdown. And speaking with Ben today, there's just so much that I've learned and so much more that I can appreciate about not only him, but just the people I surround myself with in general. So without further ado, I'm going to let Ben do the talking, and I just really hope that you enjoy this episode and you take something away from it to not only help your life get better, but help those around you get better as well. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you think about it, so please don't hesitate, as always, to shoot me a message or to shoot Ben a message. Um, I will put his Instagram handle in the description of this episode as well. So please reach out to him if you have any questions, if you want to say anything. He told me at the end of speaking that he would gladly speak to anybody who who wants to talk and express things to him. So for sure, reach out to him, reach out to me. We're both here for you. I really do hope you enjoy this episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. So let's get to it. All right. So I have Ben here with me again. Thanks for coming in today, Ben. Sup. <laughs> Sup. <laughs> me and Ben have been talking for a while about having a pretty serious conversation because uh, Ben lives with something that a lot of people don't necessarily know lo- a whole lot about. And I just wanted to kind of spread more awareness and, you know, talk about it because I feel like it's something that's not often talked about and has a lot of stigma behind it. So, um, Ben, why don't you uh, introduce um, just like what's going on, what's going on with life, man? Uh, 
Well, not much because that's what uh, fibromyalgia does. <laughs> it takes your life away. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm Ben. I'm 43. I think. I think. <laughs> I always have to remind myself. Yes, I'm 43, and I've been living with fibromyalgia now for nine years, just over nine years now. Man, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, and it it just gets worse and worse over time. Really? Yeah. And so, I guess we'll start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. What What did you like? What were the starting signs? What happened when you found out what it actually was? Initially, this all resolved resulted because of a car incident (laughs) we'll call it and yeah (laughs) which was a very stressful situation um there was domestic situation around it so it was very you know around my daughter and everything too and so it was very stressful for me how it initially affected me and how the doctor originally diagnosed it was just pain it was chronic pain everywhere (laughs) and that is how it initially developed and what the pain was like it was just it was everywhere and excruciating (laughs) um initially and there was like there was nothing before the incident not at all i used to be in the military i served in the military for six years i was very physically active and now i am what a hundred some odd pounds overweight um and basically put that weight on because of my activity level going from super active to barely being able to do things. So, so it doesn't sound like it was a very gradual. No, it was very sudden, sudden. very all of a sudden. And, um, that was, yeah, that was the initial symptoms. And now that it's getting, over time, what's getting worse and worse is all the residual effects. So memory loss, uh, sensitivity to all of my senses, taste will be sensitive. Smells are sensitive. Light is sensitive. Um, like going outside without sunglasses is almost unbearable. Um, even just, it's weird because when I'm in the house, I have to have lights on or I feel like I can't see properly. <laughs> but then when I go outside, it's I don't know, it's that UV yeah. light. It's just, it's so bright. Yeah. I'm so sensitive to it. Um, so what was, what was the, like the moment that you were like, you kind of figured out that this is not just pain because I got injured. This is more. Um, Basically because it didn't go away, you know, it just, it stayed and nothing was helping it to go away. Cause at first I had a lot of leg injuries and a lot of back injuries Mm -hmm. and my shoulders and my elbows, arms. So my injuries were kind of already all over my body, but then it's like when you sprain your ankle you know, your whole ankle feels like it's in pain, but then over time it starts to feel better. And then, then it feels more like a bruise and then it just kind of goes away. Yeah. Whereas like 
with this that all around pain just never went away. Stayed. It just mm -hmm. stayed. And that's when I was like, when I talked to my doctor to say, what's going on? Yeah. This yeah. pain is just, I need some help. Something yeah. is going on. Yeah. That's when I realized. Yeah. yeah. Did, um, was there, was there ever a moment that it went from, yeah, you just have some pain to like actually putting a label on it and saying it's fibromyalgia. Like what was that like to hear that? Um, one, I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't have a clue what fibromyalgia was. I knew at the time they were trying to tell me that it was something that the doctors wouldn't diagnose because there was so little information about it. Whereas, excuse me, whereas now um, it's a lot more frequent, you know, to be able to get a diagnosis for it. But almost 10 years ago, they didn't know much about it, so... And I'm sorry, I forgot where what the question was. <laughs> no, I was just like, what was it like to find out the eventual moment when you were told that yes, this is not just pain. Oh, there's yeah. a label. There's to a natural it. label to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, there was one. It was like it was reassurance that it's not just in my head, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that too that okay, maybe there's a possibility that I can actually get some help for it. And they did. I I took this medication called Lyrica, and it did help with the pain, but the problem is I had to keep increasing my dose in order to feel better. Yeah, because eventually your body would get used to it. Get immune pain. to it, yeah. And the other problem was all I wanted to do was just sleep. Yeah. It, it wasn't um, improving my quality of life, yeah. you know, because I literally just wanted to sleep all the time. Is that a side effect of? Yeah, yeah. of the Lyrica, yeah. And it's, it's a non-narcotic, um, so that was good, but it just wasn't good quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until other things that I actually was able to get my life back. And a lot of this time at the beginning, like you have Susie now, but at the beginning you mm. didn't really have a whole lot, right? No, I had um, good insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. So, yeah. So I was able to have like physiotherapists come over three times a week. Um, and I did like the tens machines and I did all these exercises and stretches and none of it helped. Yeah. All none aiming to try and relieve. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. And not yeah, None of it helped. Um, there, there was, you know, the assisted devices, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And none of it was very helpful. Um, I, I, I always have, so I've known of fibromyalgia forever, but that was mostly because my grandmother used to make like jokes about it. Yeah. Um, than anything, like I never knew anybody who had it until I was like in my teenage years and my mom's friend said she had fibromyalgia, but even then I never went into what anything of it entailed. I'm just like, Oh yeah, she just has it it's yeah. it's like one of those things that you can't see on the outside so it's not necessarily something that you not i don't want to say don't concern yourself with but you just don't think about it yeah. per se right yeah so it's been really interesting to get to know you and get to know more and more and more of what has gone into this and even mm -hmm. then I, like the full extent i have not until this moment really <laughs> went into it. it. Yeah, yeah. But we, I've heard things along the way. Like I've heard you say like your pain and your memory fog. And I've mm -hmm. heard you express that. And you are 
like you seem to be pretty open about it with like, your friends and your family yeah, and you I do. post about it. And yeah. That's awesome. And that it's a great, great thing that you're doing. Um, but I guarantee you also have felt a lot of misconception and exclusion yeah, and yeah. jokes and my, like my, my Nan's thing is she'd be like, Oh, my fibromyalgia is backing up. Ha ha ha. Yeah. When in reality she was just sore cause she's getting old or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that was what she would say. So yeah. How Kinda like Bert yeah. Simpson with the, Oh, my ovaries. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so how have, how have you felt? dealing with that especially after getting a label to it and dealing with just the comments the well dealing with it is hard because there's no one symptom yeah. you know everybody with fibromyalgia is different and even for me being male it's not common for males to have it it's some something about it is makes it a lot more um, common in women. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know exactly how that affects me with how my symptoms would be different compared to a woman. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I only know what I deal with. Yeah. I know one of the hardest things for me to deal with with it is dealing with the public, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because the public have this whole stigma of you're only disabled when you're sitting in a wheelchair mm -hmm. and that makes it difficult. So when I pull up to a car, uh, pull up to a handicapped parking spot and they see me walking out, la la la, and I'm okay. But then by the time I get out of the store, I'm like barely walking an inch at a time. I'm holding on to my wife and, and you know, she's like guiding me into my car kind of thing. Yeah. Um, then that's when people, they don't look at me. They're like, Oh, okay. He's, he's got issues. But when I first get out of my car, you know, I'll get looked at, well, why are you parking there? Yeah. You know, or we were actually, we were at the, um, the home show mm -hmm. and at the home show, they've got the, we were watching the, I don't remember what it's called. It was where the dogs do tricks and stuff like yeah, that. The dog so, show or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, it's this little arena type area and in the front row, of every section, there was two rows of handicapped seat seating. Mm -hmm. So stairs are difficult for me. So my wife and I, we sat in the handicapped seats and everybody started sitting in the rows that were behind us, like the couple of rows behind us ended up coming and sit bes sitting beside us. And I overhear them saying, well, he's sitting there yeah. and it's like, I'm sitting here because I can't make it up there. Yeah. You know, um, stairs are difficult like for me. This is not just like me hanging out for fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sitting here just because I'm lazy and I don't want to go up the stairs. Or there was when we were at Medieval Times, I started flaring up a bit. And because um, I was already stressed out because we had to take the bus. And I get super car sick when I don't drive. And we're in this like big bus. So I'm sitting at the front. So I'm already like stressed out and flared up from being stressed out that by the time we got to medieval times, it was like, I was, to I was toast. I was, I yes. just, I was barely able to continue. So I, halfway through the show, I had to go to the washroom. So I'm walking up the stairs cause we had front row seats and I'm walking up the stairs and I'm, I can understand where people's response was, but 
because I look like I was drunk trying to stumble up these stairs. But I was doing it by myself, holding on to things as I could. And I can overhear people. There was one woman, she had said, maybe he's drunk, you know? And it's those things that play on your mind. And, you know, you just want to, like, stop going out in public. You just want to stay at home. It's almost like you need to walk around with a shirt that says, stop looking at me, I have fibromyalgia. Yeah, (laughs) or, you know, like a royal blue shirt with a, a, what do you call it, the handicap symbol on the front of it. And then on the back, yeah. Or even on my hat, you know. (laughs) Just decked out, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. That's sad that, you know, you have to declare, you know, what my disabilities are, even though it's my business and that, you know, it it should be allowed to be private, but it's, you know. I have to like defend myself all the time, but that's one of the hardest things with dealing with the public. And one of the other things that I deal with, with it is, is playing um, in the guild ball league. So guild ball league is the miniature tabletop game that I play. And you have to bend over a lot because you have to measure where you're <laughs> That's that a dog. Not, yeah, that was not me. That was the dog. <laughs> I'm glad I have a witness. <laughs> um, He's just very enthused by this story. Oh. So with Killball, you have to like you know lean over and measure where your players are going to be. Yeah. So that little bit of leaning is really painful for me. Mm-hmm. So I've played sometimes where I've brought. Susie with me just so she can measure out for me and I can continue to be a part of the league. But the same thing happens, you know, I'll have memory loss. I don't remember some of the rules. So I always feel like, not always feel like, pardon me. There are times that I feel like my opponent would be judging me saying or thinking that I'm cheating because I'm trying to get away with something. But meanwhile, it's just, I've simply, not been able to remember. Mm-hmm. So fortunately I have very supportive friends. Um, and one of our friends, actually, you know, him, Mark, yep. he made a spreadsheet for me so that I can just follow along on their spreadsheet and know where I'm at. Yep. And it's actually been very helpful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to know that you can still kind of go after those passions without feeling the insecurity with it right exactly and but like i said having those friends that are supportive and usually when i tell my opponent this is my situation um then they're like okay you know and they chill and and they're not trying to like get the win (laughs) you know they're just trying to have a good game and that's i tell them like i will do my best and we'll have a good game but you know just so you know just so you know Yeah. yeah So there's things like that that I've had to adjust to. Which must be exhausting in a way to constantly have to express have to explain myself. And explain everything. But at least in doing so, I've been able to get out. Yeah. Because I haven't been out, mm-hmm. you know, been getting out. Uh, it's safer at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's safer at home. And, but when you're at home, you start to get reclusive. You start to... Well, you get that comfort zone of just exactly. not interacting and not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, you also have your creature comforts at home. You know how to reach things when you're at home. You know, you have all those things in place at home where you don't other when you're out and about. Yep. But fortunately, my wife is strong <laughs> and she helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a really bad time. I don't know for 
like a month now, like even just today, I, last night, so say like the last 12 hours, I actually feel decent. Yeah. Like I was making muffins at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great thing to do at 1am. <laughs> yeah, but that's just it. Like my schedule is, is so different well, yeah. because one, I'm a night owl as it is. And two, if fibromyalgia just doesn't let me sleep. Yeah. I can only imagine I had back pain two days ago from like working the wrong way while I was climbing yeah. and it kept me up for like a good chunk of the night. Cause every time I'd roll over, I'd be like, Oh, and it was just like yeah. the simplest, like one little pain. I couldn't even imagine yeah. having pain essentially everywhere. like everywhere. Yeah. And that, that's basically the pain is like, have you ever had a foot cramp and, or a Charlie horse mm-hmm. and that muscle is so super flexed it hurts. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to step or move it, it's like excruciating. That's what it feels like. Wow. Yeah. So trying to do this, uh, trying to hold a cup of tea and lift it to your mouth when this bicep and this muscle already feels flexed and you're trying to do this, it's painful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's what I say, like at the moment, I'm actually okay. But Yesterday, for example, I didn't get out of bed until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I woke up at 9, but I had to stay in bed just because I couldn't move. My body was exhausted. I was exhausted, and I just I went downstairs to sit on my chair, and I just couldn't. It was having one of those times I couldn't stay awake. And so my wife just said, why don't you just go upstairs and go to bed and get good sleep? Mm-hmm. So I did that, and yeah, it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon by the time I finally woke up. Yeah. And uh, that was like because of my bad day, and then I got up. I had a ba- I had a bath, and a bath with Epsom salt seems to be very helpful. Yeah. So uh, it's got to be the magnesium, I think, in the Epsom salts that is helpful. But, I mean, it's like sitting in the bath for like an hour to soak. Yeah. But at least it does provide some relief relief yeah so when fibromyalgia on a normal day is pain pain everywhere but then when you get a flare-up that's where the the muscles feel like they're already flexed and you're trying to use flexed muscles that's a flare-up and so you have this chronic pain everywhere my hands trying to hold dishes while i'm trying to do the dishes it's just so painful in my hands. Um, that's like normal. But then when you get a flare up, it's like, I can't walk on my own. I need help just because my legs feel like they're 600 pounds each yeah. and trying to walk with that. And we don't have a driveway in our, at our house. We have a walk up townhouse. Yeah. So trying to walk from the car on my own yeah. up oh, to the house. Way. Well, that was like that one day, Rich, with all the ice outside, mm-hmm. he had to walk me to my car because mm-hmm. I couldn't do it by myself. I was so petrified. And the next day, I I think I was maybe awake for two hours the whole day. Jeez. Just trying just to recover from the night before. Yeah. 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 So definitely stress is a, a trigger for it. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I try to exercise but then i 
like say riding a bike, for example, I'll ride the bike, but then I have four days that I have to recover just from doing that one activity. Mm -hmm. So how do I lose weight? I, I used to go swimming with Susie, but because my physical abilities are limited so much, the swimming was just movement. You know, it was just to keep me moving. It wasn't helping me to lose weight. And um, that's been my hardest battle with this is trying to keep the weight off from being so inactive. And it's not like I'm lazy. It's literally because my body is just not able to. It just doesn't want to. Yeah. Like I I struggle with it so much like with Susie because – we know Susie's my wife. I'm just letting people know Susie's my wife. So the hardest thing for her is I might have a good week where all week I've got the dishes done. I've got the cooking done. Everything I've got her meals done. prepped. Yeah. I've got the laundry done, all of that. And then the very next week it falls on her mm-hmm. and she has to come home from work, do the dishes, do dinner, you know, and then it only leaves her with like an hour to have home time before she has to go to bed and go to work the next day. Yep. So, but I try to do what I can when I can, and she knows that. So we've really been able to communicate within our marriage to fully function, I guess. Um, but it's taken us a while to get here. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been married for seven We've been together for seven years. This year in May, um, married for four. Yeah. So yeah, we've worked out our kinks, so to speak. But I guarantee there was a lot of hard moments in there. And oh, there was like even just at the beginning, like I I was so depressed because who wants to take this on? Yep. You know, who am I supposed to meet that's going to want to take this on? Mm-hmm. You know, and. <clears throat> when I met Susie and it was like nothing for her, you know, she never thought twice about anything that I was going through because she's had that in her family. Like her grandfather was blind. Um, so she's, she, and she has other family members that need help and yeah. stuff like that. So it just came naturally to her and it wasn't an issue. And it was like, wow, this woman, like, she makes me feel human, yeah. you know, and it was like for the first time um, in a long time that I had had that. So it was nice. I guarantee that there was probably some like knowing from past history, there's probably of my own that not necessarily the same thing, obviously, because I don't live with chronic pain. But I, I can only assume that at some point there was some sort of like you feeling overwhelming guilt yeah. Um, and maybe reacting in a way that you necessarily didn't want to react because you just feel bad, <laughs> right? Like yeah. we get so down upon ourselves for the things that we can't do mm-hmm. that even those who are the best for us and the most loving for us and who are doing so many amazing things, you just automatically, you feel horrible. for yes. it. <laughs> exactly. That's been exactly it with her. Like even with, um, I just don't know if my wife's going to shoot me for saying this. <laughs> um, it's even with sex, yeah. you know, it's difficult because I'm not the typical guy. Like I can't just 
jump on top of her yeah. and start making out with her yeah. or whip around her. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I can't hold myself up because my arms are so badly affected by fibromyalgia. Right. Yeah. So, so you have to make alterations and yeah. do things. And... and even just learning how to flirt with each other differently mm -hmm. because I don't have those standard moves that I can go to, you know? So trying to figure out how do I, let her know that I'm wanting to do things or let her know that she's beautiful or things like that. Yep. So I've had to try or come up with new ways of doing that, yep. come up with new ways of getting the groceries. Actually, one of the hardest things to deal with is when we do get groceries because you know, Susie, <laughs> she, she likes to exercise, but she also doesn't want to make two trips. So that whole typical thing that guys usually take like, all of the groceries yeah. in one load. Yeah. That's Seriously. what she did. <laughs> and she'll be like walking up the laneway with all these grocery bags. And here I am with the toilet paper, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we'll be walking up and then the neighbors are all outside. Cause all of our houses, it's shaped like a horseshoe. Yep. So we can all like look at each other and I know everybody just saw me draw on the table, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody's like looking at Susie walking with all this heavy stuff, and I've just got the toilet paper. So I've had to get used to just like accepting it and not. Yeah, you know. screw you guys. If you want to judge us, then that's fine. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I can understand completely. Like, well, not completely because I don't live with it, but you know what I mean? Just living with feeling the judgment, feeling the stigma, feeling like you're less of a person because you have been dealt this crappy hand, right? Yeah. Like that must take quite the toll, uh, not only on yourself and because you said stress is a factor, mm -hmm. but also just your mental health in general. Mm -hmm. How How have you found it to deal with not only the pain, but the depression and the anxiety and everything else that has come with it that I'm sure has come with it anyway. Um, well, I'm happy the tissue box is right there because <laughs> I probably need it. The, the depression and anxiety I would say is the worst side effect on top of the pain of fibromyalgia. Right. It was the hardest thing to live with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still struggle with it. I struggle with it every day. It's the it's it's something that I struggle with more than the pain even because sort of the pain is consistent. Yeah. <laughs> I know what it's going to feel like. I know what to expect. I might not know when to expect it, but I know so far what the worst of it feels like, right? So I know what to expect with that. But dealing with the depression and anxiety and what – society expects and living with all of that it's big shoes to fill yeah mm -hmm. it's the worst you know and and i'm still struggling with it like i still i take antidepressants they don't do squat i need to go and see the doctor again actually i'm seeing him tomorrow to talk about it and the the depression's the worst mm -hmm. you know it, it it's especially like it's so hard to not overthink things, <laughs> you know, that's the, the worst of it. Cause 
I, my, my marriage is backwards to what we know and what we've grown up with. And it's hard to live with that. You know, it's, I'm supposed to be the one working. I'm supposed to be the one providing for my wife. I'm supposed to be the one carrying all the heavy things and opening the doors for her. Yeah. yeah. I'm supposed to be doing all those things. The base to the tree, essentially. Yeah. And it's the opposite. You know, my wife is the one that's at work doing the job that I've dreamt of doing, (laughs) you know, and that's hard. You know, it really is hard because... I used to sit at the Toronto airport and watch the airplanes just because that was my passion. But now I have to realize that my wife is the one that fixes airplanes, but we went to school together and now I'm able to help my wife on her bad days. I'm able to, because I went to school with her, I have the basic information of what, she needs yeah Yeah. so in that sense it's good like I'm able to be a brain for her when she needs it because I have I mean there's 16 years between me and my wife so I've got a bit more life experience than her and so I'm able to bring that to her and have the aviation industry knowledge that I can bring that to her as well so well that's like any good functioning relationship like if i didn't have rich there's so much that i would not have accomplished not have gone for same with him i'm sure that i've pushed him in directions and pushed him to do things that he would not have done if he didn't have right so it's it's awesome to to hear that you're still able to support and do what you need to do to help her Mm -hmm. while also helping yourself yeah right well, if I, I mean, with cooking, I love to cook anyway. Mm-hmm. So cooking for us and having like the weight loss goals in mind, it gives me something to work at. And knowing that my wife doesn't have to worry about coming home and what is she going to eat? Her, she gets to come home and have dinner made from her for her mm-hmm. from scratch. You know, like I make homemade spaghetti sauce and I make homemade meals for her and I make her lunches. So she doesn't have to worry about that. I make her coffee in the morning. So she doesn't have to worry about that. I do her laundry for her. (laughs) So she doesn't have to worry about that when I can, when I'm able. So it might be a good week and she loves it. And then if I'm having a bad week, then we swap and, and she helps me. Even if it's a simple thing of bringing me a cup of tea while I'm sitting down, you know, it's such a, nice thing a nice relief that you don't have, have to, to get up and do it yeah battle it right yeah but back to the the depression part of it she's been very supportive of me to encourage me to go out and play guild ball yep. and get out with the guys and socialize and there's been times where i've i've canceled because of pain yep. or i've suggested hey i can play but you know you have to come over to my house then the guys have been starting to understand that but there's also times where I've canceled games just because of depression. Yeah. I just don't want to see anybody. I don't want to be around anybody. Um, I had to convince myself to come today, not because of you, just because of oh, yeah. of having to get out, get dressed, and and go out. Mm-hmm. You know, but I had to talk myself into it and like, no, you got to get this done. You've got a commitment. You know, 
going to pay the property taxes anyway. So <laughs> get, you know, get up and go. So those I'm glad things, I could help you do that push. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just it. It's like, you have to push yourself, you know, and that's one of the things about depression. It just, it sucks your energy, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I quality of life yeah. just sucks. I've battled with and continue to battle with crippling depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, the works. And when you're having a bad day and you're in that cloud, it's, there's nothing that mm-hmm. pulls you out of that. Like, yeah. sure, ever the right person can come into your cloud and yeah. make you feel a little bit less alone. Yeah. But at the same point, you're just, you're so absorbed and the brain just doesn't stop. And yeah. it's something that a lot of people don't understand because they think, you know, you're sad. Just stop being sad. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're stuck in crippling depression, not yeah. just like... I'm having a bad day and I'm not feeling the greatest about myself. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting there and you actually sold to your heart, feel like you are the worst person. Yeah. It can be so damaging oh, and yeah. it just drains you. Yeah. How can anybody think I'm a good friend when yeah. they have to do so much for me just mm-hmm. to have me in their lives? Mm-hmm. You know, like how can I put that on people? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then it seems like, okay, because I can walk upright and appear like an able-bodied person but when i am struggling with depression and just feeling bad about being a human being and then i take on how everybody else thinks i am and i take on those thoughts and then i take on what i'm putting into my wife and those thoughts yep. you know and it just There's a lot on the plate yeah it just accumulates and accumulates and it uh it's really hard to live with it really is and it's hard to have any kind of quality of life and the only thing that i can say that helps is to keep going yep. you know and the biggest game changer actually i gotta put this out there since we're talking about fibromyalgia and all its pros and cons is marijuana Mm -hmm. medical marijuana i don't buy street drugs i you know i i have been buying just medical grade marijuana so that's what i'm going to address and it has been a game changer for me Mm -hmm. even with anxiety it helps because it, it's sort of like that drinking where you get liquid courage. Yep. It's sort of like that with marijuana. It 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 makes you feel so much better because your pain is being managed for one, and two, it makes you feel happy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's one of those things. One has a big stigma around it as well, and like I have not publicly come out and talked about it, but you know that I am also a user of mm-hmm. medical marijuana. And it does not work for everyone. No, it but doesn't. for me and yeah. for you, with anxiety, when for some people it does the opposite, it just completely allows me to let go of all of the thoughts that are constantly buzzing about yep. how I'm so horrible, how I'm not who I feel like I should be, or there's like constant. Yep. And it was especially good when like what you're saying you can't when you physically cannot work there's something stopping you from being out there Mm -hmm. you sit at home and you just feel like the worst person you're like i'm supposed to be contributing something and i can't yeah 
I cannot do that. Yeah. Like mine was not being held up for medical reasons. Mine was for life circumstances and sure. not being allowed to make money. But at the same point, like you just, you know that there's nothing you can do about it, but mm-hmm. you still feel like a, such a failure because you feel like there is something that you should be doing about it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Completely. Completely. It, yeah. it changed so much for me it allowed yeah. me to sleep a little bit more yeah. it allowed me to function a little bit better and yeah. yeah yeah i get um one of the side effects of fibromyalgia as well it is the car sickness and mm-hmm. the nausea all the time and i've got that real bad um and it's only getting worse over time as well because it wasn't one of my symptoms at the beginning and so yeah just picture yourself like going places and just feeling like you want to throw up all the time you know it's horrible Whereas, is that not to cut you off but no no is, no is that because the fibromyalgia makes your brain foggy or is it like i don't know what it's just it is like that's contributing sudden, to it it's just yeah just yeah. like even right now like i feel a little like shaky in my stomach and i just feel nauseous and it doesn't matter if i eat something or whatever is happening i just i feel nauseous all the time mm-hmm. so when i go to drive even when I'm driving myself, I'll feel car sick. But if I'm a passenger, as long as I'm in the front, I can sort of manage it. Um, and it also depends on who's driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they take the crazies, the corners crazy or not. <laughs> yeah. And everybody has like different driving habits, right? Yeah. So driving isn't the best thing for me unless I'm driving myself. And then even then I still get car sick. But yeah, I get nauseous a lot. And THC helps with that so much like mm-hmm. i tried um ginger gravel because mm-hmm. obviously normal gravel just makes you sleepy but ginger gravel it helps but not all the time yeah. and um, thc helps a lot like it totally takes it away that i could pretty much drive in any vehicle and i'd be okay and that's what i did when i took the bus that day um i smoked the thc and i didn't throw up the whole time so Yay. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the things I get is I get nauseous all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to get that too, too a lot. And it wasn't, again, not necessarily because I had a medical issue, but mm-hmm. because mostly it was the anxiety and the depression that would trigger my stomach to do these things. Mm. Like there's a lot that comes with even your mental health yeah. problems. Never mind chronic nerve (laughs) craziness um that can affect your stomach so i can only imagine having that plus having this disease or whatever taking over yeah it's uh the depression took a long time to get used to um and like i said i'm still not used to it Mm -hmm. but it's definitely one of the things that has affected my quality of life the most on top of fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. um just because it exacerbates all the feelings that you're already having because of limitations with fibromyalgia and then you add in low Mm self-esteem and your brain telling you you suck you're why would anybody love you why would anybody be your friend you're such an energy waster um or a sucker rather, you know, so then all you want to do is just hide, you know, from people so that you don't impose on them, you know, any weaknesses. But then it's like, as soon as you start talking to people, I've now 
have friends that are helping me, yeah. <laughs> right? So like Mark making that spreadsheet for me, um, you helping me bring awareness to fibromyalgia, um, even like with Mark, uh, with Rich, you know, when I play guild ball with him, he's super patient with me. He yeah. reminds me of the rules and he knows that I'm not trying to get away with anything. So when I play him, I feel comfortable and we can have a chill game, mm -hmm. you know, cause he knows what I need. You know, as soon as I, as soon as the game, the guys want to play on the clock. So there's like a, you have to time your moves. Kind of like chess. Or yeah. Like yeah. exactly like chess. It's actually a chess uh, clock that we use yeah. and you push the button when your turn's done. And as soon as that clock comes out, I get into anxiety, panic, mode. In, exactly. Anxiety, panic mode. I can't think I can't come up with a game plan and I panic and then I quit and I just kind of go through the motions and let them win, yep. you know, cause I just want the game over yep. as soon as possible. So yeah, it's like the depression and anxiety affects things a lot more than what I initially gave it credit mm -hmm. for to it takes years to truly understand. And even then, like I still am learning every mm. day, new things that it's causing me to feel and yeah. new ways to battle it and push through it. And yeah. like you, you don't just have depression for a short period of time. It, it sticks with you. Yeah. It's like, it's like once it shows its head, it just gets, it comes, but it never fully leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess it's just, I like to, whenever I start talking about mental health, take a second to say that if you are battling feelings where you're feeling like a horrible lesser of a person and you're just trying to deal with something that you don't quite understand why it's happening to you in the first place, seek help. <laughs> um, talking to a counselor at my lowest of low was probably one of the best things that mm -hmm. I ever did in my life Agreed. to not only be able to have things to cope with and breathing techniques and things to do to kind of relax myself and pull mm -hmm. myself because I have panic attacks oh, yeah, me too. every once in a while yeah. and to be able to now at the be at the point I have now that my panic attacks aren't once every day or week mm -hmm. it's once every couple months to maybe once every six months yeah that I have this fold out panic breakdown attack. can't yeah. control it feel like you can't breathe yeah the works um was solely because I sat there and I sought for help and I got techniques and things to really pause and think about it. Mm -hmm. Even last night I was starting to ramp up and have lots of anxiety to the point where it was like almost panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there with Rich and we're just talking. I'm like, I don't even necessarily need you, your input right this moment. I just need to let it out. Yeah. And talk to myself even. Yeah, and yeah. if you want to support me in that, then by all means. Yeah. So I essentially sat there for like, I don't know, probably like half an hour. Just like, this is what happened. This is why it happened. Blah, 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 blah. And then every once in a while, he would say something and try to contribute. And I snapped a little bit or whatever. I'm like, no, just let me finish. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> I don't need you to give me a solution. I need to yeah. give myself a solution and yeah. figure it out. Just hear me. Yeah. <laughs> just, just hear me. Yeah. It's fine. But I would not have been able to be where I am today if I never found that help to yeah. begin with. Like if you, if you are battling with depression or anxiety, or you think that you're battling with depression and anxiety, don't take it upon yourself 
to try and figure it out because in the long run, it will you eventually <laughs> lead you to making it worse. Yeah. You won't be able to. No. There, there is no, leave it to the professionals because mm-hmm. there is no rhyme or reason. There's, you know, it, you think you got to figure it out and you don't, you yeah. know, it's the same, I've, same thing. I've got the, the panic attacks and all that. And mm-hmm. I know the one thing that I've worked out with my wife is I'll, I learned it actually in cognitive behavioral therapy <laughs> and when I observe a behavior that I'm experiencing, um, I'll explain it to my wife and I, I'll say to her, I might not know what to do with this information. It's just something I've observed, yep. observed and she'll either just be aware of it or she'll come up with something to help me with it. Like one of the ones was uh, recently was I felt like I was smoking too much drugs and drinking too much while I was doing the drugs. And because I was feeling like I couldn't get high enough to control the pain, you know, it was just, it was so much. So it was like, okay, smoke some, or I vape. And so vape some marijuana and then have a shot, have a double shot to enhance the feelings of that high. And I wasn't necessarily feeling like I was out of control, but I felt like, Hmm, maybe this is the start of, yeah, maybe this is an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned it to her and I said, not like you have to do anything about it. Just keep an eye on me. That's all. And, and we did that. And just with me vocalizing it to her, I was able to hear my own behavior and be able to like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink today, you know, and it really helped, you know, and so I'll do that with depression as well. Like I'll let her know, Hey, I'm, I'm crashing. You know, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know to what extent, but just, I'm, I'm, I might need be sensitive to me. And, and she's been good that way. Um, especially like if I have a panic attack, she doesn't always know what to do for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't always know what to tell her to oh, do for, for me. Oh, for sure. When you're in that moment, you're like zoned in and just like, yeah, like half the time Rich can come up to me, rub my back and it's all good. The other half of the time he comes up to me and rub my back. I'm like, don't freaking touch, don't, don't touch me. me. Like I, yeah. I need now is not the time. No. Yeah. yeah. Like right. I'll, God only knows like our significant others must be saints because I've put rich and I'm sure you've put yeah. Susie through like so much, but isn't that the vicious cycle? Yeah. Because then, then you here start to are. feel bad We're about like, it. Exactly. It That's exactly. It. <laughs> but at the same point, you're just ever so thankful. Yeah. Right. That they're there. That, that you have this person because yeah. dealing with depression, anxiety is hard. Now I'm going to need the Kleenex. <laughs> it's hard, but Dealing with it alone would be so much worse. Yeah. I, I was alone for five years. And I also choose to do that because I I didn't want to just get married or settle down with just anybody. Yeah. You know, I had been in a very bad relationship, my previous relationship, and um, who, who happened to have been the mother of my only child. And, and it's awful. Mm-hmm. And... So I took time to just, okay, these are the things I don't want because those are the lessons I learned (laughs) and I don't want somebody like that. And 
so anyway, so I was single for five years. And during that five years, I was dealing with the disabilities. And when I was first injured, I couldn't walk. And fortunately, I was living with my mom at the time. So I had my mom to help me. Um, But we still lived in like our apartment was shaped like an L. So she had her section of the L and I had my section of the L. So we didn't always see each other. But if I did need something, yeah, I was able to say, mom, (laughs) you know, and I would have the help. Um, So I was alone, but not. And those alone times are very hard because you're trying to figure out your path of life. Mm-hmm. How do I make a life for myself living with all of this? There, there's so much, you know, and we're not going to be able to cover it all in one day, but definitely depression, anxiety, panic attacks has been the worst side effect, not even side effect, just the worst thing along with fibromyalgia that I've had to deal with. Yeah. And there's been times where I've wanted to just check in the hospital just because I can't deal with yep. it. I just, I can't I've manage these. Yeah. You, it just feels like everything is exploding yeah. and you can't do it. Yeah. You can't, you, can't make like, heads or tails of it. I don't know what can't to make do. Sense of it. I can't get out of this yeah. cloud. I can't, I always refer to it as a cloud because that's all you're, you're like groggy. You're all out of it. Your brain is constantly going. So you can't, focus on anything outside of that yeah and you just are like almost like a shell of a person yeah it's like again like you're clouded like something's around you protecting you from being well not protecting you shading you shading you from being normal yeah it's definitely a better term but you know what i mean like just separating you yeah maybe would be a better word too from what is real and what isn't yeah and if you take that and then you add that on top of fibromyalgia and the pain it's hard oh yeah (laughs) i can only imagine like i've dealt with a lot with my mental health but i did not have something like fibromyalgia tagging to go with it yeah and not that i i'm not trying to discredit what no no no, for sure yeah i I I have this saying that i say all the time that do not don't discredit your problems because your problems are real yeah doesn't matter if someone has a worse problem than you in your eyes your problems are just as bad to you and that's all. Like, yeah, yeah. That's it. There's no reason to put it. There's no reason to put it any yeah. different. We all have our own things, yeah. whether how great or how horrible they are. Right? Yeah. But yeah, the 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 combination of the two have been um, very difficult to try and live with, mm-hmm. and having an understanding partner is the only relief I've experienced right. next to marijuana, yeah. you know, I, the benefits of marijuana for on fibromyalgia are, it doesn't take the pain completely away. It's like, um, you're muting it a little bit. Like, yeah, you're muting it. It's like, uh, I don't know not everybody's had a cavity, but you know, when you have a cavity and it's like, you've got that constant ache all the time. And then it's like, you have a glass of water or something that, you know, makes it more sensitive and it flares up, you know, like, okay, well, there's your flare up, you know, the extraordinary pain compared to like the minuscule pain. Yeah. Well, not minuscule, but the lesser pain. pain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of like what it's like dealing with fibromyalgia. You know, it's just, it's all different levels of pain that you have to deal with. And marijuana, it helps with being able to 
um, do things. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds so simple, but that's just it. It's like being able to do things, even if it's just going to go get groceries. You know, my wife has to drive all the time now, which she's not used to, but she likes it. <laughs> um, it, but it gives me the ability to go get the groceries without having a flare up and come back home and then, okay, I smoke again yep. and I've been able to get through it. Um, or go, excuse me, to medieval times. And now that it's like covered by, you know, being able to be medical or um, being able to be out in public and yeah. and not be Thankfully, afraid. Thankfully, it's legal now. Yeah, in that sense, it's been very helpful because I don't feel like, oh, I got to like hide in a corner mm-hmm. on top of everything. Oh, yeah. That, that know, was a big thing too. When yes, I'm I started, marijuana. I'm like, yes, I have medical <laughs> marijuana, but you still have this shamefulness yeah. about it, right? Yeah. And you're still living with this, you know, this stigma that everyone's going to look at you because you're smoking it's, pot. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like we're faced with this assumption from the world that you know, if you have medical marijuana, you don't actually have an issue. You just want to smoke pot. Exactly. Like you just want to be a stoner. Yeah. <laughs> I have to justify that all the yeah, time. All like the when time. I go, yeah, when I go see the doctor, I'm like. You know, I, I use medical marijuana or like if I'm in the hospital or whatever the case is, yeah. I justify myself. You yeah. know, like I I will explain to them, yes, I use medical marijuana, but I don't do it, you know, every day just because I want to. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. and, I, and I feel like I have to justify myself when I really I don't, yeah. you know, but it's. Well, it, I think it also gets looped in that people seem to think that, you know, marijuana is, quote unquote, addicting because you grow a dependency on it. And it's not necessarily that you grow a dependency on it. It's just you want to feel like a normal person yeah. and it helps you, you have feel abilities. like a normal person. Yeah. So why on earth, like I've, if I'm taking anti-anxiety medication or if I'm taking antidepressants, yeah. I'm not just going to randomly stop taking them because, yeah, today's a little bit better. Like exactly. you want to continue to feel normal. Yeah. So even if you're on a high per se, like you, you're having a good moment in yeah. life. It's, you still know that there's something underlining in there. And if I give into it and I just let go, that it's going to go backwards. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. Like I pretty well use mine for insomnia, which is insomnia driven by anxiety and depression and the work. So by the time the end of my day comes, depending on what I've dealt with that day, Mm. before I go to bed, if I tried to go to bed, no matter if I slept one hour the night before or if I slept eight hours the night before, I'm going to lay in that bed and I'm going to be awake. Yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I could yeah. be falling asleep on the couch and move to my bed and I will be awake because mm-hmm. as soon as I lay there, it's like my brain's saying, like, okay, now's the time to think. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. I, I've tried. I've had moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm really, I have a good up and I don't want to rely on this and I don't want to blah, blah, blah. So I'll try to go off of it and then that night i won't sleep yep. it just won't happen and it's not necessarily because my body's not used to using that it's because my body is like nah you're still having insomnia <laughs> like yeah. it has not gone anywhere oh yeah you're still yeah. dealing with it yeah. i was like with Susie's with her last job like she used to get up at 4 30 in the morning and then get ready for work and then she'd mm-hmm. be out the door and there'd be times where she'd go to bed and then get up in the morning to go to work, mm-hmm. I'd still be awake. I'd still be downstairs doing my things, you know? And um, 
Yeah, the insomnia is is bad, and then I'm a night owl on top of that. Yeah. So I was too. I was. I've yeah. always been. I've always been. Yeah, you yeah. when I was a kid, my mom always had a hard time trying oh, yeah. to put me. Same together. with mine. She'd always get mad at me. Well, you're just not feeling good because you didn't sleep enough. And I'm like, yeah. well, mom, I had too much going on. I guess yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. I try to go to sleep, just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It was um, recently. Now that Susie and I have been able to establish that we can afford for me to stay home Mm -hmm. full time. Um, I've been able to have that schedule where if I need to go to bed at four or five o'clock in the morning, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Cause if I wake up at 10 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, um, that's fine because I can set my own schedule. So whatever I need to get done in the day, I still have, you know, noon till five o'clock to get it done, so to speak. And then Susie comes home at six o'clock if she's not doing overtime. We have dinner, we have our evening, and then she goes to bed, and then I'm still up and I do the rest of my day. So if it's doing dishes, meal prep, or whatever while she's sleeping. So it works out. And since doing that, I've been able to feel better, um, minus this last, last month. I don't know what's been going on this last month, but I've been having bad flare ups every day. Um, but yeah, I don't remember where I was going to see. That's that's fiber frog fog. It's like all of a sudden you just forget yeah, what you were doing. Just lose your train of thought. Yeah, I mean that happens to me too. But no, I mean it's all the time. Yeah. It's same thing. I'll walk walk into a room, not know what I what I was going in there for, mm-hmm. or I'll be like right in the middle of a sentence and forget what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, I'm talking to the doctor about it tomorrow, so. Yeah. If we do a part two, I'll uh, I'll give you an update on what the doctor says about it. And this is where I'm going to end things today. Uh, The second part of this episode will be airing next Wednesday, so make sure you keep an eye out. Um, But again, I really do hope that you enjoyed this this little look into someone's life and someone else's difficulties, because I know I sure did. Um, And as always, I hope you have a wonderful night, and I can't wait to uh, share part two with you.